0: Hello, welcome to the Training Gain podcast. Uh, You guys haven't seen us before, but my name is John Kioskarigis. It's a mouthful, I know, it's the long Greek last name. My uh, longtime friend here of about, what, 20 years now has been? Uh,
1: 18, 20 years. 18,
0: 20 years. Very long time. Introduce yourself, my friend.
1: My name is John DePau, I'm from Brooklyn, and fitness was my game since I'm nine. I'm in this real early, and I'm in this for the long haul, too.
0: Exactly, and I mean, we kind of uh, wanted to get something together because fitness has always been a big part of both our lives and uh i'm also from brooklyn born and raised and as we had progressed through courses of time in our own life we kind of hit it off again so i actually (laughs) i reconnected with john after 10 years of not seeing him you know how life is um (laughs) and i saw him training at the gym one day and i i was like i did a double take i didn't say anything okay and then you know That part of me was like, all right, let me just walk away because I was kind of shy and I I don't know, maybe a little intimidated. And then I said, why am I feeling this way? If it's not John, I'll just look silly for one second and
1: then
0: I just (laughs) go about my day. But I I approached John and uh, lo and behold, it was the same guy. And he Took off my mask and he went like, you know, did a quick double take and then it was a big embrace. So I love this guy from the bottom of my heart and I've learned so much from you throughout the years. Thank you.
1: I thought he was a ninja when he approached (laughs) me. He had a, a a rag. What do you call those things? A bandana. Yeah. And then he had this black mask. I thought he was a sniper or a ninja. <laughs> so I said, "Did I do something wrong?" And I says, "Wait a minute. Identify yourself." <laughs> it was John.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. You know, Same what?
1: guy since twenty two.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, thankfully, hear about that. Seriously, I um, <clears throat> the first the first thing I wanted to talk about with this is, you know, there are so many people out there that want to get into health and fitness. And, you know, right off the bat, we're, we're not trying to preach that we're gurus. Or we're not trying to preach something from Fitness Magazine. We just, we just want to give you the honest approach to how I've lived it and how I continue to have it as part of my life. And also how Big John here, I always say, wants to live it and, and continues it to be a part of his life as well.
1: Preach it and live it. That's key words.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, first off, I'd like to say, you know, what got you into Working out. fitness or training? You know, I, I know wow. I've heard this one story from you before, okay, <laughs> uh, about the weight bench. And I, I would love for you oh, to, to talk about that because it was really, <laughs> it wasn't something that I heard that I said, oh, wow, this is interesting. I thought it was interesting. Yes. But it, I felt like it defined you from that moment. And it made me think in a different way. I was like, wow, that's such a powerful moment for a young guy at that time.
1: Yeah. It's so nine years old, man. It's it's quite a story. So I was nine years old, and I used to watch the Hulk a lot, like a natural kid. Lou Ferrigno. I had some, I did Lou Ferrigno, but I had like internalized anger when I was a kid. I was an angry kid for reasons unknown, and I remember watching him turn green. And I said, the only way he could be so big is the guy lifts weights. So I approached my mom one day. Ma, can I get a weight bench? No. So why? I don't want to stun your growth. A very big fallacy, by the way, you're either gonna be big or you're gonna be small. It's DNA related. But besides the point- And how old were you then? I was nine years old. <clears throat> I wanted to go to consumers across the street and buy a $100 bench and it was gold. So she said, no, I went to my cousin Carmine. He gives me the money. And back in the day when you had to ride a bus, you had to be a certain height. They'd have a marker on there.
0: I was at the tail end of that, but
1: I remember it. I remember remember it on the rides, because I'm now at 5'7", but I remember it everywhere, pretty much. It's a true story too, by the way. (laughs) So I remember getting on, I don't know where I was going. I don't remember how I got there, but if I'm asking people, take this bus, son, don't do this one, I got on the right bus. So I pay my money, I take a ride, I get there, I buy it. And as I'm coming out, the box is seemingly higher than me. So what do you think happens when I go to get back on the bus? And it was a pretty far
0: distance, right? Because I'm because people that don't know what like Kings Highway area, Kings you know, Plaza, Kings Plaza. It was like what, like ten flat, miles? Flat, or from way when
1: you I would say that's far for a little guy to eight get miles. to. You know, on public transportation, get to. How about coming home to? I didn't take a bus. I was my transportation. The bus guy would not let me on. He goes, "I'm sorry, son. The box is higher than you, and you know, you just made the lever." so you went
0: over there you had this you had this big weight bench what was going through your mind at that point like
1: i could have went to get home and tear it open like a kid on a candy aisle or christmas i wanted to start lifting weights first i thought about my brother actually i'm like will he put this together today because i want it today and when i want something i wanted it that hasn't changed to this day
0: It's interesting also to hear that because at at that age, you know, you're thinking of, I know for myself, I was like thinking of what, like video games and you know, other stuff that's unrelated, but your mind was so I think mature at that time and driven, of course, yeah.
1: Well, I loved video games too. I also wanted to be the first kid in front of the store when it was maybe a sale, right? But this this, drove, it made me more driven because I wanted to be like Ferrigno. So I put the thing on my back I must have I must have stopped 200 times, 200 times. I finally come to my corner, and as I'm getting home, my back is looking like this, lower and lower and lower. So who do you think walks out of my house? My mother, looking for a mail, like she typically does, and she's looking at me like, "What? Why is he struggling? What's on your back?" I said, "It's a weight bench, ma." And she looked looked at me like I. She didn't get mad first. She looked a little confused, so a little confused that she just went. Just walked in like, I can't win. He wants what he wants. It's my son. And I lifted weights. I naturally got cut really quick.
0: That still blows my mind, even thinking about, I mean, just like an, a nine-year-old guy with a weight bench on his back. I mean, thinking of something like that, as far as dedication goes, I mean, you have this, you're carrying it, what you said you stopped about 200 times. I mean, the the amount of time that took you just to get home. I don't even you know, remember. some people would have just kicked it to the side.
1: I wouldn't even know. I could tell you this much, though. When I wanted it, I wanted it. Nothing stops me. I just say, hey, you know what will stop me? There's a bench right here. Sit down, pick up, and you just become driven, man. You just wanna get it home.
0: And you think that set the tone for the rest of your life from then onwards, as far as having that, just having that piece of equipment in your house to kind of (coughs) get yourself pushed every day? Is that that you need to get a kick?
1: So I, I don't think it's something you can explain. I think it's just something you attain. You attain such mental discipline, thinking if I went this far, with this on my back at nine years old, stopped a million times, why should it be hard to put one foot in front of the other and go to the gym, right? And when you go there, you're only cheating yourself if you're not going hard. I knew what I had to do all the years to get big. I knew what I had to do. I got different goals now, but just, the the drive was always there, it was implanted. I planted it here at nine years old. I said, no one's getting the bench for you. No one cares, everyone's opposed to the idea. You want to go behind your parents' back? It's what you did. Now you got you got to go from one place to the next. You got to get it home. It's yeah. gonna rain soon, maybe. Sure, sure. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like you know. Every time I hear that, I kind of I don't, I don't I don't I use it as an example because at the same time, you know, coming from where I came from, we were. It's so funny how close we were in proximity. We know each other at those different eras of our life. We like work, as far as where I lived,
1: we working out. You're talking you talking about, were,
0: about not even working out, but like I lived in the Bensonhurst area. And it's like you were in the same area. I didn't even know you were. Oh,
1: I think you were in Dyker, I think. Yeah. 15th Avenue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the old meat shop.
1: You know why it's like that? Because we're we're quiet people.
0: It's true. And I mean, I feel like for me, how I got into the gym is I basically, I was dealing with a lot of, you know, neighborhood kids that I didn't want to be associated with much anymore uh, during my early teens. It, It always happens. And I feel like in big cities, especially, you have a lot of that going around. That's why all these like after-school programs are so, you know, important, I think now. Yeah. But, you know, going back then, thinking about it, I said, okay, what was my after-school program? I had none. <laughs> you know, I played sports. I played basketball. I mean, yeah. was I at a collegiate level? Yeah, but I wasn't progressing past like a Division three. you know. It wasn't something I was going to make a career out of. Yeah, And um, I don't know. I just, it was the same monotony every single day. I had no real um, option for having someone associated with a goal to help me be more driven. I had that within myself. It was the little sparks forming.
1: Tiny, but they form. At the
0: same time. And so I said, okay, let me just walk to the nearest gym because I want to get better at my jump shot. You know, I want to get my legs stronger. I want to uh, get my arms stronger.
1: A valid reason. Not like I want to impress the girl on the beach. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Just like what I had, yeah.
0: Yeah, and being, you know, I would say growing up, I wasn't shy. I was more like a reserved. You had to kind of pry things out of me in order to kind of me understand me as a person. But yeah. the more you get to know each other, obviously you get older, it becomes easier. But as a young kid then, I was just, got in there and, you know, was I intimidated? Hell yeah, I was. I mean, I see these giants in there, that was a different era too. That sort of trickled off of the golden age, right? <laughs> I miss that age so much. It was the best, I mean, I- That's
1: what defined the whole sport. Then I got redefined, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it did. <laughs> We're definitely gonna talk about that. For the
1: better and for the worse, the to, to beast to be fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I get into this gym and it felt like this old, you know, uh, leaky ceiling to a degree um, hardcore gym That's that right. I was in
1: yeah.
0: and, uh, and I remember going there progressively and I met power and I met, you know, uh, bodybuilders and I was never exposed to the sport cause Arnold wow. has always been a hero of mine growing up because of, I always admired what he had, had accomplished in fitness. Johnny. and I had posted pictures on my wall.
1: Quick question just for the audience. Yeah. What, what gym was that that you found hardcore?
0: You know I was uh it was Dolphin Fitness, but it was the old Dolphin Fitness uh right on 15th Avenue, 15 between 15th and 16th Avenue and 86th Street. Okay, yeah. Really awesome gym. I thought that was there, you know, now things have evolved to a different place, you know, I feel like the gym is still equipped enough, but that was like the I don't know, there was a different aura in that gym. There were there was a camaraderie, there was a, you walk in and you feel people are not against you, you know, and I know what that feeling is like, especially walking in there. I was, I'm not saying I'm a huge guy now, but I was, you know, I was scrawny and skinny and I didn't know much. And I was, you know, a little bit terrified out of my comfort zone. Um, But I really felt a welcoming, you know, embodiment from everyone that was in that gym at that time. So
1: they made you feel better about how you felt when you were walking in pretty much. Oh,
0: it was amazing. And you start getting these endorphins and then like adrenaline starts running and you want to keep going back and so great, right? It was a, it was fantastic. <laughs> I know. You know? I know, and you know when you get into that mindset, what happens All to the you? Kind of something it, clicks.
1: Then you just keep driving. You keep you don't look back, you keep riding hard.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: everything goes away. When you first get into the gym, a million things go through your brain, especially when you work, you pay bills, blah, blah, blah. But once those first two sets kick in, it's over. You just put it into
0: You put it into overdrive. Forward, man. overdrive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I mean after entering this, I started, you know, I, I asked questions. I just was like, I see some guy doing a big deadlift and I said, oh, what is that? What does that work out? How do you do this? And you know, you'd get the intimidation face of, you know, who's this guy here? You're looking at, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's I remember great. with Big Ali, cause <laughs> you know him, he used to be like, you know, uh, he got a good, uh, he got a good physique. You know, and I would, be, I would look at myself and say, me, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. Wow. But how, what I didn't
1: realize then. So you didn't understand his accent? or
0: Well, no, I didn't realize that was also <laughs> partially one thing. But, you know, I didn't realize that he was actually giving me positive reinforcement. Yes. You know, and actually aiding me. And I feel like that's, a lot of that's lacking. So I was lucky enough to be part of that and be embraced. And then eventually I stopped hanging out with the you know, kids that were doing drugs in my neighborhood yeah. and I didn't wanna be a part of or associated you,
1: with that. So I go to the gym. You've seen where you had more self-worth. You start seeing what you're really worthy when you put yourself, you're never gonna know 100%, but when you go into a certain surrounding and you feel like you're part of it, your body resonates not just your brain, your body resonates with it. You feel safe, you feel cool. You identify with each other, same value system you share you flock with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I feel like nowadays, there's so many things that are involved where, I mean, even me going to different gyms now, I kind of, I've always embraced this part of my life because I knew from then on it would it would be something that I always wanted to be a part of. I wanted to always have it within me because not only did it make me feel good, yeah. but I had, like you said, a sense of self-worth. It was something more than myself at that point, I knew yeah. it would be something either like a goal driven drive, which yeah. then I got into bodybuilding and um and from then on, it kind of took off.
1: I tell you a funny story, yeah, I remember when I was about fifteen, sixteen they wouldn't let me in the gym. I was underaged so and the back of the I think I told you this the back of the gym they had a a door that was open it was hot in the summer, and he had an oscillating fan, so I was thinking, hmm sneak right through in there and work out. I didn't really know you'd get in trouble. I just knew you couldn't do <laughs> it's like it. It's sneaking into the but movie if I could, Yeah, if I sneaking could get, a, get around it and watch the movie still without pain at that age, you would do it. And plus I wanted to do it. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I was doing something wrong. I'm working out. I'm gonna do it in the park. So, sure. so I, I get into there and I had really good genetics. I was a kid though. I'm looking around going, some of these people are really big. And I spot this one really big guy. As I'm working out, I'm looking at him. I just get up and I start walking towards him. And I see him looking at his friend. The energy changed, where they're like, this kid's really closing in. It's coming into my my essence here. It's getting right into my territory. But I'm a kid. What can I do? Yeah. So I know he was going to go into a guarded position. He goes, can I help you, kid? I said, yeah. Excuse me, sir. Can you teach me to get big like you? He looked at his friend and they were like smirking, like laughing. And I'm like, what is he laughing at? So he goes, "Um, kid, you got more balls than half the men in this gym (laughs)
0: because you're 14. Did that make you feel intimidated before you approached him? Was it something that's- I wasn't intimidated by him.
1: I wasn't even intimidated by him. I just says, this is the biggest one. My brain doesn't think that way. It just walks towards it. You know, I just had to fill my body and get. I wanted to get big and strong. But he looked at me like, where's he going? And when I told him what I wanted him to do, he goes, I could only show you one thing. You're going to slow me down, but you got a lot of balls and courage, kid. He showed me a tricep pushdown. only years later for me to realize it was the wrong form. But I was <laughs> yeah. so happy that he helped me and he was the biggest guy in the gym. I was like, oh, this is like gold. This is like gospel truth. But naturally down the road, you start seeing people who have imbalances, why? Their form gets bad, it leads to problems.
0: Yeah, I feel like you know that you make a good point about. I got him people. in my
1: neck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we're gonna we'll, we'll touch up on that as well. But yeah. you know, just going back to being unafraid in a way where not don't even feel the intimidation is what I would say in general. Because you know, I was once there, and so were you, and that's how I met you. And you never know where these lifelong friendships are going to take you. You never know where that next. Phase is going to take you. So so true. I saw you doing what was it? Was it leg press? I I remember it being a a one arm dumbbell row, but you said it was leg press, right? No, (laughs) it was leg extension. Leg extensions.
1: I was sitting down doing extensions and I seen this kid, he looked like Spider Man going from wall to wall. But because I don't really look up too much, I'm still looking down. You know, waiting to do my next set, down. I'm just zoned in. So people that set, don't know you, how is, do you do your
0: set when you're in it? You're, you're really involved, right?
1: No, my, my muscle, my mind and my muscles totally dialed in. It's, it's prompt, the minute I, how about this? When I lock my car, something goes off here and something goes on here. Where well, when I walk in, a lot of people who don't know me well but seem to see me in the gym, they give me a pat in the back, a thumbs. Some people remember that. I, don't, I get it done, it happens a lot in the gym. So I don't keep tabs on names. A lot of times they come in and they, hey, what's up, John? And I, I don't really, I'm not very, I'm not that happy when I first walk in, I wanna train hard. They take it a little personal. Like, yeah, hey, I was waving to you the other end. <laughs> I,
0: I feel like that's such a, and I I'm, wanna I'm go back to that point where you were saying about the leg extensions, but you know, I, I feel like that's such a stigma that people have a typecast. And I feel like not only just bodybuilders, but anyone, walking you could walk around in the street with something that someone doesn't like you wearing and they'll you'll get judged by that and i feel like it's that such a, a bad judgment because you haven't number one heard one side of the story which is how you are feeling or what you're going through or you
1: never even heard one syllable out of my mouth or one anything. sentence exactly. right, right
0: and so you get judged by i'm sure you know the way you look all the time and oh i'm i'm gonna stay away from this guy he looks too too beastly or too you know oh, God, mechanical yeah, or
1: yeah i i get that a lot it sucks because a lot of the people that feel like that when they're around you, like they're intimidated because you're big and strong. Listen, some of those are the most nicest people.
0: I feel like you can compare them to, uh, even from, you know, I ride motorcycles, but I feel like you can compare them to like uh, bikers that are assembled where you just don't want to approach sometimes with oh, the, the wow, biggest teddy said, bears, that's
1: <laughs> not all of them,
0: <laughs> but like the majority are. And I feel yeah. like it's the same way with- Interesting with way to lifters. Yeah, with lifters and fitness. But go back, yeah. I want you to go back to that story of when we first met, uh, cause I was gonna make a point of it. Oh,
1: okay. So I was where I had, I think it was legs. I don't know what I did that day, but I do know I did extensions for sure. So I'm doing leg extensions and I see this guy on the side of my peripheral view, going from wall to wall. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm looking up and it's, it's John. I didn't know him. So I just, I just said to myself, I kind of think this kid's trying to signal me. I don't know. I said, I just just do your set. So dialed in, and I I felt the silhouette approaching. My eyes go up, it's John, but he was so nice the way he was used by his body language to say hi. Took my headphone out, I says, can I help you, sir? And he goes to me, I just gotta ask you, what do you do for your body? And when he came across like that, I said, this is a friggin' genuine guy. And you know a fixed smile versus a genuine smile. Same Absolutely. smile he has now. <laughs> so it just opens you up, makes you kind of disarms, drop your guard, and you start talking more. It was one of the nicest people I ever met in my life. Sure enough, 20, it was 22. 14 years later, I'm sitting right next to you, still talking to you. Same frame of thought, <laughs> same exactly. respect, share the same good times, right?
0: Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And I feel like it goes back to when I first entered. You know, I would have been really afraid to, to, I guess, approach you at that time, but at the phase I was Mm -hmm. in my life, I was doing my, I think I was on my second contest or something at that point. And I had gotten into the mode of being bodybuilder, but I'm not, (laughs) you know, I feel like people take that too serious sometimes where, you know, yeah, you're you're embracing yourself and you're in fitness. And I feel like it's just what Arnold would say at at one point where, you know, you have to laugh at yourself a bit sometimes (laughs) because it is kind of funny. You are out there You know being in the best shape of your life that's the whole key that i also want to point out at some point um but it's the key of being in the best shape of your life but you've already won when you got out on stage you've already accomplished that point that you wanted to get to the trophy is just an add-on correct and so when i was in the gym focusing on you know getting to this strategic point on stage to where i needed to be to claim a victory right? right I felt a little bit more confident, and then I approached <laughs> you. But I felt like I had gained so much knowledge
1: oh, over the years, and even
0: now, before. I I have gained so much knowledge after talking to. You. I mean, we talk for like four or five
1: hours sometimes at night. Well, well, think about it. I mean, I have to grow too, right? So in time, I'm, I'm like ten years older than him, so I'm going to learn a lot of knowledge based on injury, maybe based on things that I thought I knew. And I'm only going to share that with you, what I've learned. I've learned so much from being hurt, unfortunately. During that, hurt in what way? Well, I'll talk about the pandemic. Let's talk about that. So naturally, during a pandemic, no one's got places to go for a gym. Thank God I had, I had a place in New Jersey. Long, long, long drive. Like It was like 90 minutes to Patterson, New Jersey. But driving and driving and driving, when you get older, your lower back locks up on your bed. And you don't know it until you arrive at that destination, you come out and half the people I was training with, they're coming in. It's like a padlock gym. So they're walking up the stairs going
0: That was on the
1: onset, right? Yeah. It's like that. So, you know, things change in your routine when you get older. But you start saying, Oh man, I gotta stop going to physical therapy. It's not really helping me. It mitigates the problem, but I need I need a solution and it can only get a solution through strengthening overactive muscles, underactive muscles, weakened debilitated muscles, things that we think we use every day, and we do, but not enough resistance to keep them strong, like your glutes, once that goes out. Something
0: you told me that actually, it it helped me immensely, just from being more mobile.
1: In what way lower back less problems well,
0: the glutes you know working on those and making those really strong i just felt like in general i was you know i was having a little bit more of a strain when i was doing either runs or if i was doing fast sprints uh, or even squatting at the gym yeah you know i felt a tremendous difference because it gave me more power you even saw the imbalances when i was doing it my, my knees would shake a bit more i thought horse. i was doing it correctly but really one part of the leg was angled a little different and i didn't realize
1: it more you get more horsepower
0: Much more horsepower.
1: Well, all the power is generated from the ground up. What do you think they teach fighters when they throw a punch? The the horsepower comes from the ground up. You drive down with your glutes and your hips and bang, throw a punch.
0: It makes so much sense to me. I know I definitely felt the difference. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about going back to the pandemic era because I know for me it was – it was definitely an adjustment and a bit rough. Uh, it was a, it was rough on me mentally, I'm sure, as it was for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And being part of the fitness world for so long, I never had taken a massive, massive break until I went to LA for a little bit while well, I was there for about nine years. But when I was there, I took a little break for a solid four or five months. But this was the longest stint where- You did
1: nothing for I, four or five I, months? I, well,
0: yeah, I did nothing. Oh, and even no. with pandemic, it was two years now, yeah. almost. Okay, and I was, you know, either afraid to go into the gym or, you know, so I was lifting cast iron pans and pots in in my house and it wasn't really, it was working, but it wasn't stimulating the way I know I need to be stimulated.
1: Sorry to cut you off. No park? Pull-ups?
0: Yeah, I, like I said, also for me at that time, it was a bad, it was a bad frame of mind that was. Oh, okay,
1: we're going upstairs now. Sorry.
0: Okay. But for you, when you were, um, when you were talking about how you lived during that through the pandemic, what was that like? What could you do?
1: Torture, (laughs) like anybody else, I bet. So it was torturous to me because the most important thing to me is well-being up here. You know, your mind says for you to put one foot in front of the other and keep walking, right? So I said to myself, I'm only used to releasing endorphins to feel better one way. I'm not a person who does drugs, so I'm not gonna be able to release them synthetically or fictitiously, right? I'm a person who can't just do pull-ups like they said. Like my friend owned the gas station. It's like 10 blocks away from my house. The f- first two weeks, apart from walking by the water to keep my metabolism flowing and my heart rate up, I said, why don't I keep my heart rate up twice as hard and challenge myself? I don't got people around us, energy, so I'll create my own energy. So I walked all the way, spe- I was speed walking to his place. I said, once I get there my destination, he has a pull-up bar. I must do 100 pull-ups. Takes 10 sets. Takes 10 sets. 20 and 20. Took me 10 sets. Needless to say, dropped down to the push-ups. Came all the way home. That was fine for about two weeks. Then I don't know where my brain just. I just didn't feel good. I felt like not burnt. I don't get burnt really doing calisthenics, doing heavy weights. But I realized I needed a challenge. So after being relentless and looking and asking, a lot of people denied me. They had a little studios, they don't want no one in there, they have their own thing going on, sure. thinking you might make them sick, or people with people are watching, they'll catch on to them. And I get that, and I respect it. It's a hard pill to swallow, knowing you would do that for people, but it is what it is, right? So ultimately, funny story, my client I had that drove from Tom's River, New Jersey, the only good thing I ever got out of him was the, a good source to go train over there. Because he That's sucked as like a client. <laughs> and I don't mean that he, he he didn't train hard. He did. But the way he would cancel sessions when you're like five minutes apart made me nuts. Anyway, he put me on to the state troopers in New Jersey. Because one of his other trainers, he had two trainers, was a guy that worked. He trained a couple of state troopers. Go, you know, you look like a cop. They might think, you'll hang out right like there. Here's a key. You pay 100 bucks every four months. And you go work out. So I did that. But as I was doing that, my lower back was killing me, killing me. And I realized from the long ride, when you sit, see, when you're, we're not really seated in that, in that position, when mm-hmm. your feet are straight down, like your right foot, what do you think happens to your hamstring? It shortens. We all know muscles that shorten, they tighten. You ever like sleep eight hours, you get up, your muscles are short. That's why you should foam roll the first thing upon waking. It's Mus- a must do.
0: That's something I'm also learning too from you because it, it helps immensely with whenever you're sore. I realize, like you were saying, yeah, it, it always happens when I'm doing like leg workouts with the quads, yeah, and I do a foam rolling on there. It hurts really bad, or the calves, yeah. I even feel a little bit of a tense tension right here, but back in there, w- yeah. When I f- when I foam roll it out, like you were saying, yeah, it hurts so much. But after that initial really bad pain, I feel more of the blood flow going through. I feel like I can. I have more energy in it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yes, well, you're creating more blood flow, that's why. So when you're foam rolling, when you feel that pain, you're actually breaking up acidic blood, lactic acid and inflammation. When you break that down, it hurts, like, ah, that's painful. But once you break past that painful uh, threshold or barrier, you're pulling out acidic blood in return for fresh blood and oxygen. And how's that gonna help you? You break down nutrients better, you become stronger quicker and recovery, man.
0: That's the uh, the main key is the recovery, I yeah. feel like too, because it's, you know, people always say like, yeah, you know, you get your eight hours of sleep or even six or seven hours of sleep efficient enough, whatever your body needs at that point, right? Yeah. But it's the recovery that you're in, doing when you're not sleeping yeah. is what you're really saying.
1: Right, correct, correct. I even go it as far as, I, I make sure this is a little re- little extreme, but- Nothing's extreme, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got black trash bags over my window. yeah because i don't let no light come into my room especially you when made your sleeping. own blackout curtain yeah and if anyone was to sleep besides me in that room they might go like this like two in the morning if they got to get up and pee thinking that someone ball and chain them into some dungeon kind of like you know
0: yeah <laughs> well kind of like how it is yeah you hang them on it's one of these, golden age hang them that's on one of make. these
1: things here. <laughs> so um yeah that's that's pretty much how that works
0: all right now going back to that story that you were saying you went out to the clients you had you had two state troopers that you were meeting out in jersey during the, the pandemic era
1: yes 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 so so i'm driving there about four days a week wow and now the blessing about that was that there's no one on the road
0: well plus you were able to stimulate yourself by getting out i mean i was t- i was one of the people that was very susceptible and i was like i can't go outside i don't know what's going to happen and that's just more of the general i guess fear that i was feeling too cuz really, i'd never seen something like this you
1: really had the feeling like yeah that. well you
0: know why it's i first saw this when it was happening and i'm a huge sports fan you know nfl baseball i mean not baseball not so much but basketball as well and i've played these sports and once i remember sitting at home and at, it was close to midnight and they had said like nhl was canceled the season or the nfl was canceled for the season I went, all right, cool. There's something really wrong here because that's billions of dollars on the line, number one. Yeah. Nobody wants to be short on that. They would never do that for any other reason. And I said, okay, something's really off. So I really, I'm not going to say I bought into that because in the beginning it was straying off topic a bit, but in the beginning it was kind of worrying. But it's, I'm, it's amazing to see that you were actually out there still pushing what you wanted with fitness-related stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's because when I want something, I don't think, I just do. You know, there's some things you have to think about before you do them, but it's not long until I just embark and act. Sure. I knew that I'm only gonna feel good up here unless I create motion, right? What do they teach them in fighting too? When they're nervous, say motion really is tension, right? You get tense, you're locked up. We're, so, we're, we're humans, we're meant to be social creatures, right? You got no one around you, there's no energy. And let me tell you something real quick. All the people we say when we come in the gym is like, oh man, this one's here now or that one's here now. He's gonna take 9,000 9, hours on that machine. You and know? we've all had it happen.
0: I, I even, I confess I even had it happen where I'm like, oh man, but I, I look at it differently now.
1: Right. Those very people that you can't stand when you're walking in the gym, you realize you need them when you're in a pandemic. You start looking for the people that you move away from naturally when you're in the gym. Put That made me more wise too. Yeah,
0: can you elaborate on that? Because that's, that's really interesting that you said that because it, it shows a lot about humanity, I think, too.
1: Humanity, anyway. a, humanity as a whole, yeah. It made me think about things more on a universal level. You know, so energy, people are energy. You hear that, You like people are toxic. What do you mean, right? But when you're training and you're around these people and you don't know what you're doing or they, they don't know what they're doing, it starts to annoy you a little bit it's only when it's taking from you, like the carpet's pulled underneath your feet. That's what it feels like when you're stuck in a room doing dumbbell curls because you, you only have access to 10-pound dumbbell yeah, curls. Yeah, it's
0: super isolating, especially Oof. from someone that Horrible. needs other pieces of equipment in order to feel mentally stimulated rather than physically too.
1: And me as a trainer, like, for me to feel, me personally, to feel good about something, when it comes to training, I need clients because they bring the best out of me. I'm not happy until i transform them and it's not just that it's the smile on their face when they look really freaking happy and i could feel the change that they're feeling i obviously see it but i like when they see and they feel it. it makes me feel like i did something good
0: you know i mean it brings it brings everything back full circle to why you know we wanted to start this show is because number one you know we wanted to give back to people that you know, you don't have to be a bodybuilder in order to enjoy it. You know, you can you can just be an, an everyday person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you guys, you may have a nine-to-five job. You may not know specific times about when you want to physically train your body. You know, in other ways, you know what I mean. <laughs> but not in, a, not in the gym. And, you know, being part of the fitness world that changed my life so much, and I know for you it's the same same way, that I just felt – there had to be another humanistic way to approach people, rather yeah. than discarding them because you don't know enough. Or, yeah, you know, I've seen so many of these, you know, shows—not uh, to name a few because I've I've seen a bunch, but I don't want to name names—but I've seen a bunch of different shows or podcasts where I feel like it is such a individual approach to stuff where it, it puts off the people that want to get in because either they want more likes or they want more marketing or they mm. want more, you know, uh, Patreon subscriptions, which we will have, but it's, it's going to be a different w- methodical way we do it. That really helps the people that are, you know, putting towards that. Yeah. But in a general sense, I just feel like we've gone so astray from just being human individuals, talking to one another and, and, and the pandemic accentuated that because we didn't have much contact.
1: I, I think what you're also seeing is people, There's a lot of people that have a hard time expressing themselves. So think about it. They express it, but they're awkward, right? Then a pandemic happens. Now it's like them feeling awkward is multiplied by 10. And now they just pull, pull away from you. Then there's people who just know how to talk. There's people who are more personable. They're more in touch with that universal side that we are energy. Let's not just, let's not sit here and discriminate towards one another. Let's see what's behind door number two. Let's talk to them. He's in the gym. He's doing the same thing. I don't know if he's chasing the same goal. His his muscles are pretty thick. But it's got to be mentally correct here to be in here. Or maybe he's not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe she
1: is. Maybe she's not.
0: Well, that's that's part of the reason why entering a lot of the gyms that I've seen nowadays versus of when I first started or when you first started. Yeah. Is that even though the generation gaps were, you know, 10, 12 years or whatever it was, it makes no difference because it felt like there was a real... Helping camaraderie there, and there was people that, hey, I'll I'll drop my sa- I'm I know I'm an intense guy, and I'm into my workout, and I'm doing what I need to do, and even for myself when I was training for contests, you know, it's a very vigorous type of a program that I feel anyone can get into if they really wanted to. There's no, I'm the one person that can teach you, or I'm the one person that can tell you exactly how to get there. You know, I feel like when I was doing that, yes, I was in my own mode, but if. Someone would ask me, I would kindly say, hey, you know, once I'm done with my workout, I'll, I'll gladly answer your question. Or if I was feeling good that day, who cares? I would say, let me help you because that's how I was helped. That's how I was brought into a positive thing in my life that had, you know, made a chain reaction for the rest of my life. I use mm, this part of it every day, you so, know, whether I'm doing acting, whether I'm talking to someone, whether I'm giving someone advice on stuff that I, I might know about, you know. Right. So Um, so you wanted to give back.
1: You wanted to give back basically. Absolutely. that's what I'm getting from this. That's, that's amazing. That's, well, that's why we're here. I'm giving back too. And like we said before, I don't want to name certain names or nothing like that, but I just feel like some things could be expressed a little bit differently when it comes to nutrition, lifting weights, physiology, kinesiology, anatomy, things like that. It helps with program design. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, just like you were saying. I mean, and even going back to when you were doing stuff in the pandemic, you know, it's commendable even to get out there and do that. Um, just because I know how I mean most to. of the people were feeling because I was part of that populace of feeling a yeah. little intimidated or scared. And yeah, I'm
1: sorry, I didn't know that. Bro.
0: Yeah. it was It was a strange place, I feel, for everyone. I can't speak for anything else but myself. But, you know, I was in a – it was a time where, you know, everything that you have access to is now shut and yeah. i'm very goal oriented you know i've always been that way my whole life i've been very driven towards something we're that's we're why we team. connect really well i yeah. feel
1: yeah
0: um but i always had to have something on the horizon to strive for and go after and when when there was nothing yeah you know okay you you can't maybe i'll do another contest can't do that yeah. you know maybe I'll, uh, I'll i'll apply uh for a class can't do that you know and so it was really left at your own unknown devices. And that I learned sucks. a lot about myself during that time. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. You know, but it transitioned but, everywhere.
1: But the good thing is you learn a lot about yourself too. Right?
0: Most definitely. I mean, I learned a lot about me as a human yeah. um, and I translated that back into, okay, what are the things that I truly miss, that I truly need, that I truly care about? I feel like you can make millions of dollars okay and be uber successful and success i feel like is just something that is should be thrown out the window because it's just a a manifestation of an idea that society has created you are successful because of this but it really helped me wipe that slate clean and sort of I don't know, begin anew at one point. I had to kind of be crushed in order to begin anew. If that be, makes be, sense. be crushed? Yeah, like physically, mentally. I mean, it was something where I had to kind of rebuild myself over oh, again. Oh,
1: wow. That's interesting. Because
0: I, I the things I thought I had valued had no real value anymore. Yeah. And the things I had maybe a little value had extreme value now, like family or friendships or, you know, yeah. Uh,
1: people you're involved with. You know, it didn't matter. I don't think people were impacted that bit. I I mean, I know it's hard to get access to certain things, but I didn't think that they were that set back mentally. I didn't know that. Well, you know, at that point- I people, felt like a caged animal. That's why I had to get out.
0: That's that's what, was fast, you know, <laughs> that's what was fascinating for me to hear is that feeling like the way you did and being able to get out there and do that, it really shows a part about
1: your character. I, I had to do it. No one was going to do it for me understand something. I love my family to death, but none of them are really athletically inclined. They don't believe in it or they just don't do it or they just say they work too much. So having that that mindset, it's, it's always there. Even if you're surrounded by people who are not driven that way, you know that what you love to do, and that is fitness. In order to do that, you gotta, like I said before, put one foot in front of the other, and go, you just gotta go.
0: Well, touching up on this, uh, one of our last topics of this segment is Basically, what motivates you in the present day for getting into the gym? You know, cause I know we talked about this at length on the phone before, mm. um, and you asked me that question and you said, oh, that's really interesting of what yeah. you said. But I'm curious on your standpoint, and I'll, I'll tell you mine, <laughs> um, but what really motivates you to get into that zone today versus me- where you were? Mental health. Can you elaborate?
1: Yes, I can. So back in the day, all I was in touch with going to the gym was a pump. I was fascinated by the pump. I would say, wow, I got really big arms, flexing the mirror. And I wanted to see that. I always wanted to chase that pump. Packs, chest, legs, back. But eventually, you still you do still chase the pump. We get injuries, you get older, you slow down with that. But you find a nice happy medium between doing that and doing corrector work. So... I have to release endorphins a certain way. I have to train hard. You
0: need something stimulating,
1: whether yes. it would be
0: mentally, physically, something.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'll say in this case, the gym is the stimulus. Okay. So I realize that I need that to motivate me and drive me to keep going. Is that facility, that place, that destination, wherever it's going to be, which gym it's going to be? I need the equipment. If I don't have resistance on that level or greater, I start to go down, down, <laughs> little by little. That so makes it's, sense. it's more mental health. I know the pump is going to come. I used to always say, I'm only going to get a good pump to be stronger, to be better than I was yesterday. But, you know, things change when you get older. You know when you go there, you're only wired to train one way, which is going to record a massive pump. But now it's about mental health.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge topic. And we're, we're definitely going to touch up on that for sure. And I, I agree. I mean, even for myself, you um, it's not easy sometimes wanting to get up and get in there. And I mean, it's not, no. I feel like once we, uh, I just got a notification, we're going to close our segment really soon, but I want to touch up on this last point. Sure. Is that, you know, I feel like that mental motivation is what really helps you. And I get up some days and I, you know, we even talked about this. It happened to me, what, like two, three months ago, where I took about two months off because I had a lot of stuff going on. Yes, 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 um, yes. Unrelated to like mental health, it was more of just I was active and doing stuff. And um, I feel like, yeah, I would get up and say, I'll just give it another day. And I remember you were saying, John, I think that it'd be wise for you to get in there on like the 26th instead of waiting till like the third or fourth. And I went, Yeah. yeah, all right. And even myself now, I said, no problem. But in the back of my head, there was that little voice that says, get in there. No, it was the opposite. It was like, let me put this off. Let me put this off. But then something happened where I woke up and I said, you know, this is not something that's going to be beneficial for you. You need to get yourself in there, and I, it, I kind of shifted a little you. bit to that mentality of contest mode. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: <laughs> I needed to get back in there.
1: Yeah, whatever it takes to get back in there.
0: It was whatever it takes to get back in there, and honestly, you helped pull me through that as well, and uh, I, I appreciate you, man. No I problem. have much love for you. No problem. Um, but we're gonna close this part <laughs> of the segment until next week. Um, this is again the Training Gain Podcast with John and John. (laughs) I always say Big John. But uh, definitely follow us on all the social media. We're gonna have Spotify coming uh, as well as Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And uh, we're gonna have a Patreon uh, and uh, coming at some point pretty soon and a cool little merch store in the future. But um, if you guys wanna follow me on Instagram, it is John underscore kioskrigis, K-I-O-S k-e-r-i-d-e-s
1: have to spell that out i'm sorry it's long (laughs) (laughs) john's got his own plug for you so mine is unique underscore physique 23 that's my instagram
0: excellent and john is uh as you'll learn throughout this whole process he's not only inspired me um but i'm hoping that he can give back in a ways because he's super knowledgeable about a lot of stuff uh and as we'll get into those topics in the future hopefully you'll come and join us next week Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff, uh, that we're going to be talking about ranging from mental health all the way down the line. And, uh, we're just, you know, think of it as kind of like a, a cafe talk, you know, we're just cafe talking it up in an old school rugged, uh, gym that reminds us of our, of our birthplace of when we got in there. So we hope to see you all next week.